Hello, welcome to Rusty Junk. And it's my turn for the lucky dip. It's been four, this is the fourth of four lucky dips. We've had uh, Predator, The Witches of Eastwick, and Full Metal Jacket. So I thought I would <clears throat> turn add it up to, to 11. Add to the diversity, yeah. Yes, and uh, introduce a rockumentary. So we've been looking at the 1984 film, uh, This is Spinal Tap, directed by Rob Reiner, starring Michael McKean, Christopher Guest, Harry Shearer, and others. Enjoy this rather long trailer. Through two decades, 17 classic albums, countless unforgettable concert triumphs, they changed the face of British rock music forever. And the best part is, they're back. Now, they're on the verge of the greatest comeback of all time. Rock and roll! This is their moment. Right straight through this door here, down the hall. Yeah. Turn right. Their time has come. Rock and roll! Any minute now. Any second. Hello, stage. I think we're lost. There's a little job there. About 30 feet. Job to the left. Get ready. Get set. Heavy metal is deep. You can get stuff out of it. My name is Marty DeBerge. I'm a filmmaker. One man dares to probe the hidden secrets. I was just pointing at it. I... Well, don't point. Even. It don't it even point. No, it can't be played. Never. I mean, can I look at it? One man dares to hear the shocking answers. It's tragic, really. He exploded on stage. To questions like, is the world really ready for spinal tap? You put a greased, naked woman yes. on all fours yes. with a dog collar with around dog her collar. neck and a leash. And a leash. And pushing a black glove in her face to sniff it. You don't find that offensive? No, you don't, don't find that sexist? Well, you should Listen have seen the cover they wanted to do. After years of vicious gossip, the official explanation was he choked on vomit. Well, I can't prove whose vomit it was. Years of ugly rumors. It's a passion thing. This is a fact. And you are Spinal Tarp? Oh, what's going on here? Hi. Now, the vicious, ugly truth can be told. Well, I'm sure I'd feel much worse if I weren't under such heavy sedation. place where eardrums go to die come the living legends of rock and roll lunacy. This is Spinal Tap. You know, it's like Hemingway said, you know, remember them as they were and write them off. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. There was a, that's quite long. That's too long. That's like the whole film long it doesn't even have all the best bits in no it has a lot of them there aren't that many <sighs> oh boy i know i told you i did warn you <laughs> i did warn you uh but anyway well um well <laughs> why, why, why don't we end that particular particular mystery then 
Amanda. Yes. <laughs> what did you think of this is Spinal Tap? Uh, well, okay. I didn't make any notes. None. The, I mean, in none. my notepad, I got the title, how long it was. I didn't even get the certificate rating because it because we had it on DVD. Um. Uh, yeah, that's as much as I wrote. Well, uh, dare, dare I ask for a score? I'm going to, I want to give it just one. Go away, fly. I want to give it one, but I won't. I'll, I'll be generous and give it another one. So it, it gets a two. <laughs> wow. I just did not find it funny. It, it didn't entertain me. I've seen it before. I know what the film's about. I've seen it before. I didn't find it funny then, and I still don't. I gave it a second shot. I still don't find I it I didn't funny. know you'd watched it. Yeah, I've watched it before. Oh. Well, uh, they, have this, they have this thing where, you know, there's dead air on radio station for 30 <laughs> seconds. It, kick, it kicks into the national anthem or something, or, or it just plays something. Um, we better do that because there's be a lot of stunned, stunned I think, places. I think you either it's a marmite. You either love it or you don't. No, I'm, I'm not surprised. I knew this had happened. This this would give us <laughs> the widest range of scores in pod history. It was it, it was inevitable. So, wow. Yeah. Sorry, Amanda. If you didn't like it, you didn't like it. You got to tell I, it like it is. Go if we didn't take it. No, it'd really screw with the average. Then I think I don't know. I imagine it's a cult classic, but it just didn't. No, no, don't, don't imagine it's a cult classic. Sorry, it is a cult oh, classic. You know. Don't have to imagine. This is her revenge for Witches of Eastwick. No, no this, it isn't. Uh, I even thought about that this morning. I was like, oh, crumbs, what, am I, what score am I going to give it? Oh, they'll think I'm doing it just because of the Witches of Eastwick. I'm not at all. I yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. We get it. We film. understand it. It's fine. Okay, we get I was it. bored. I was bored. I just wanted to get up and not watch. Not so watch the, the telltale sign from yesterday should have been 20 minutes from the end, knowing it was 20 minutes from the end. She decides to get up and make, I guess, the toilet and make a cup of tea and read her phone in the kitchen. I didn't read my phone. I well, actually were... snaffled some crisps out the cupboard. Right. So I was, yeah. still, I was still watching the telly because I could see the telly. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, I don't know where to go next because I'm hoping that either of you are going to lighten lighten my mood on this. So, um, Dom. Right. Well, I did enjoy it. Um, you know, I found myself smiling along with, um, well, throughout the film, I think. And there are some really good, fun scenes in it that are memorable from when I first watched it. When I watched it this time, I think Stonehenge and the tragic backstory of the drummers uh, uh, amongst my personal <laughs> yeah. favourites. And the cast do a great job, especially when you learn that it's kind of mostly improvised as they as they did the film. But it's hard to score, I think, because are you scoring it for what it was at the time, which is like a really creative, original, breakthrough film? Or are you judging it through today's eyes and how it stands the test of time? And I think that the further we move away from the era that it's satirising, the kind of more familiar we are with rock you know, spoof mockumentaries and mock documentaries and things, the less impactful it is through no fault of the, the film itself. So all in all, I've scored it a 6.5. What? 6.5? Oh, my God. 6.5. I'll get my coat. She's going to hate my score. Joe? Yeah, you better hold on to your knickers, Amanda. 
Wait until you hear my score. That's presuming I've got any on. Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, bombshell after bombshell. Oh, no, it's just a, this podcast may be cut short. So um, was was two out of ten, was that your lowest score ever on this podcast? Ever. Uh, yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah ever. since we started scoring, yeah. I am going to give my highest score ever a nine out of ten. What? I, oh, my God. Joe, this movie Joe. is almost perfect, I would say. <laughs> oh, is yes. it a guy thing? Yes. Well, I don't know. You know, it's well, the whole thing is they have such great chemistry and you feel that they're real. I mean, for a while, I thought that it was a real documentary. And I was like, I never heard of these guys before. But then I noticed Michael McKeon, who is a comedian. And I was like, well, this can't be real. And and also, uh, what's his name? Harry Shearer. No, uh, the, Rob Reiner. You know, Rob Reiner, yeah. he was famous, too. So, he, you know, I, I guess those were the most famous ones there. But anyway, I think they have really good chemistry. And I think it's... It's it's good because it's it's kind of like what happens to bands that you've seen. You've heard lots of horror stories that have happened between bands on the road, you know, behind stage, backstage passes, and then how they break up, how girls get in the way. And uh, I thought it was really nice. I mean, especially when you they go all the way back to the beginning and you see how they formed and how uh, Nigel and David had this relationship and then the girl got in between them and you know and then you know Derek is just along for the ride he just <laughs> doesn't bother anybody he's just happy being him and doing whatever he wants uh, I again I think it's a great rockumentary mockumentary um and uh yeah I give it a nine out of ten and the Have music you seen is, it before Joe yeah I've seen it multiple times um it's I don't know if it's it's definitely up there as one of my favorite comedies but yeah, like I was saying, I think the music is really good too. And I was listening to it recently. Um, I'm watching it again. They were they wrote the music and they performed they did, the yeah. music, and they did a good job. I mean, I would have, I actually was tempted it like years ago to buy the album because I thought the music was was pretty decent. Wow. Anyway, that's wow. that's my score. Wow. On your oh, island, here we go. On then. your nine out of ten island, Joe. Make room for another for another occupant. Um, it's nine out of ten. It's there's very nine. few films. There's few films. Dom, I'm going to mention something your podcast you and I did in a moment. There's very few films that when I when I when you're trying to tell somebody about it, and if they know it, if they if they get it, they go, they can finish the line for you, or, or they can do that. If they don't know it, you're telling them, and then you're 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 laughing at the end of telling them something. So then they find it funny. And you're like, there's very few films that do that, that I can describe something and actually make myself laugh every time I, I try and think about it. Um, one of the things that, that worked from, and I don't know if this is a strange film to bring in, Dom, but when we talked about Naked Gun, the reason why that's funny is because they play, it's always, it's played straight. It's, it's never, he's, he's never in on the joke. He's he's doing this, and so you're finding the things that are going on around it funny. That's why this works, because when they're saying all these lines, which you know are funny, they're hilarious. Some of them, when they're saying these lines, they're doing it such a deadpan way that they don't think they're being funny, and that's what makes it funny. 
And I just think it's just so cleverly done. Um, I I hope somebody's got some trivia on, on, you know, you know, the motivation for making this film because that's something that that I haven't got because I tell you when I put in trivia I used to go to IMDB and then cross check it with some other sources but there's just too many it's just it just went on it was just on and on and then you just go I just have to select some I think we'll probably get to some of that as we talk about the film not plot as it plot as it was but yeah it's just it's what I thought it was it's what I remember um, and I'm glad I picked it, even though it's now the worst score. So that means you liked Howard the Duck better than you liked. You'd watch Howard the Duck again instead of this. Over that, yeah. Oh, look um, at that. Oh. I thought you were going to give it 11 out of 10. Ah, <laughs> ah, very, good. very good, very good. Well, blimey. Um, well, should we, do ro- should we do roll call? Shall I go? <laughs> yeah, no, just leave it to it. <laughs> Wow. Well, well okay. The, the most interesting pods are the ones where there's disagreement, Amanda. So, um, no, looking forward to hearing your. Yeah, but if they, you see, the thing is, if people are going to listen to this, they'll be like, oh, this is Spinal Tap. Yeah, great film. And then they'll listen to the podcast. And then there's me moaning on about how unfunny it is. And then no, like, but it might be replicated. This might be replicated. You might, I, I don't know if you're right. I wouldn't be sexist enough to say it's a, it's a, it's a guy thing. I just think it's maybe. Maybe this podcast will be our most popular one because people will go, oh, yeah, listen to this. She thinks it's rubbish as well. You know, so who oh, knows? I don't know. I don't think so. I think maybe it's the style of comedy because I don't like things like Airplane or Naked Gun either. But I don't, this don't find that. them funny. But no, I know, that. but... It, well, I was going to ask you that. You do find them funny, Charles. So yes. like, yes. Yeah, because Charlie kind of hit the nail on the head like when he said that the reason why it's funny is because they play it mostly seriously. And when he did bring up airplane and the naked gun, I was wondering if Amanda liked those too. Cause I don't. If, and that's probably why you don't like this. And one. I don't like police Academy either. Oh, I Sorry. <laughs> well, that's understandable. It was love at first sight. <laughs> Amanda, what, just out of interest. What would you say your favorite comedy is then? Oh. If I had to oh. put you on the spot, you know, you mine. Well, you said lots of types of co- famous comedies you don't like. So, you know, what what do you like? Let's try Ooh, and get your a question, baseline. Dom. Uh, well, I don't know about films. Um, I like um, things like The Fast Show. <laughs> right, okay. Well, that's interesting because that's a slightly surreal type of humour, I would say, in The Fast Show. Very quick. Like a gentleman. You're like, like a gentleman. Who? Like a gentleman. Oh, League of Gentlemen, yeah, yeah, that as well. That's a little bit out there. Um, Lost. Yeah, they're British sort of comedy things. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I just don't like that whole kind of genre of airplane and stuff. It just doesn't float my boat. We can't all be the same anyway, can we? Oh, yeah. No. no. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. you like we all, we all need... A variety of opinions. So, you, you uh, like The Office, either the original British or the American remake. The original yeah. Office, yeah, brilliant. Well, yeah. There's some some parallels, the mockumentary style, yeah. the ensemble cast. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't join the dots on your maybe comedy just, journey. Maybe <laughs> it's tough. Don't I'm calling don't you out for your inconsistency. Yeah, 
I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just I didn't connect with the characters in Spinal Tap. As being English, what did you guys think of their accents? Good. Yeah. Good. Not 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 forced. Just just good. I mean, Christopher Guest is kind of half British, at least, anyway, isn't he? I think. Yeah, but uh, no, the the accents were were great. But there are a bunch of people who must have watched this not realizing it was a spoof, you know, thinking it was an actual band. And I bet there was an even greater proportion of people who actually thought they were British actors when they when they saw it. Ozzy Osbourne thought they were real. If that's your benchmark for for insightful, uh, astute (laughs) observation, then. Yeah, yeah. Rethink that one. Right. Okay. Right, go on then. Roll call. Let's do that. Right, okay. Let's do roll call. Well, this light makes me look like some sort of horror movie. But uh yeah, the, the other light's broken. So if you watch it, if you're listening, don't worry about it. If you're watching on YouTube, then uh happy days. We've got another channel which has quite a lot of views. Anyway, um let's not do that. Let's do roll call. Here it is. Roll call. Roll call. So, roll call. Um, we will have to start with the director, I think, uh, Rob Reiner. Um, so, uh, Sleepless in Seattle. If you, if you, I know I started with one of his first famous ones. Look at where he went from this. He went the sure thing to Stand by Me. I know Dom, that's your one of your, if not your fa- fav- favorite movie. I like Stand by Me. It is. It's great. I mean, I don't know anybody that doesn't like Stand By Me. I mean, I know we didn't give it the highest mark. In fact, I don't think we, I don't were, think we marks. were scoring then. No, what would you give it, Stand By Me? Oh, definitely at least an eight. See. It's in my in my top ten list uh, of all time films. Yeah, so that, that's how that's the pedestal yeah. I put it upon. Just so. River Phoenix's performance, like when good. he's talking to um, oh, what's the other lad's name? Will Wheaton. Um, Is it Corey? Wheaton? Is it Feldman? Yeah, he's speaking to Corey, isn't he? And they were down by that sort of like That's the right, yeah. area. Yeah. And he just pours his heart out and he's just like, oh my God. That's just amazing. Yeah. Well, obviously it had an effect. I remember knowing how to shotgun a beer from the sure thing. Take a, <laughs> take a biro, put it in and lift it up and pull it, pull it in the air. Life yeah. skills, hey babe. Life skills, what? they are. And they did yeah. they, I was uh, <laughs> I, I was popular for a moment when I said I knew how to shotgun a beer. Um, people were like, do what to a beer? Me, well, we don't have my, that me, me and my mate started smoking off the back of Stand By Me, so it did have a, a negative <laughs> effect on about 20 years of my life as well. But uh, yeah. Excellent. How old Jeff. were you then, then, Dov? Yeah, not immediately, but I think I started smoking, <laughs> at least stealing cigarettes off my dad when I was pretty young, 14, something like that. Yeah, yeah, I think everybody <laughs> tries it around that time, don't they? Yeah, I was yeah. late, 16. Yeah, I, I was out socially in the pubs at 14 smoking having my oh, half wow. a lager and black joe joe have you got any rob reiner related um influences at a young age well the only thing i could say about rob reiner that i'm not sure if you guys are familiar with he was mostly famous in the united states in this sitcom called all in the family uh, did you get that over there no no nope, nope. it was archie bunker it was a comedy uh where Archie was kind of like uh, like a racist and um, Rob Reiner was married to his daughter and they called him Meathead. And it was it was so popular. It was like one of the most popular shows ever in um, 
American TV history. It's actually Archie Bunker's chair is in the Smithsonian Institute. Like if you go to Washington, D.C., you can see uh, like Fonzie's jacket, which again, I don't know if you guys, did you get Happy Days? Oh, Oh, gotcha. Loved Happy Days. I think Dom told me originally what jumping the shark meant, and it came from Happy Days. Yeah, yeah, but um, did you say All in the Family? That, that's the yes. that's the show was in. Yeah, that's the American version of um, Till Death Is Do Part. The you know which oh, right Alf Garnet. Yeah, I was just about to say it sounds a bit like Alf Garnet. That's wow. how funny is that? I can, wow. only, yeah, I can only presume the American the racist, version was. Yeah, but properly racist, I think. You properly, know, yeah, yeah, Words yeah. that wouldn't be allowed on television these days. Oh, yeah. God, no. Yeah, no way. This would not be allowed on TV. So, oh, my God. There were parallels then. <laughs> yeah. I'll send you a video. You guys can check it out. It's, you had a uh, sitcom in the States where the neighbor was Hitler. Eh? Yeah, no, it was a sitcom where there was a Jewish couple and and this guy moved in next door and Hitler didn't commit suicide and he moved in next door. And it was Hitler. In the United States? In the United States. I promise what was you. It called? I promise you faithfully. Dom, if you're on the if you're on the case, I, I, I'm not sure what, what you'll get if you type in Hitler sitcom. But <laughs> you're not on a work laptop or anything. <laughs> a couple, actually. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay. There is there is right, yeah. um well Heil Honey I'm Home, apparently. <laughs> oh, is that what it was called? I'd never heard of it. Is that for real? <clears throat> but it says here it was British. Hi, Honey, I'm Home is a British sitcom written by Jeff Atkinson, produced in 1990, which was cancelled after one episode. It centers on Adolf Hitler and Ava Braun, who live next door to a German couple, Arnie and Rosa Goldenstein. Oh what episode? Surprised it lasted. Surprised it got that far. So it's tempted to click on the YouTube links now, but we've got a pod to record, haven't we? Oh, all right, okay. Well, yeah, we'll all go and watch the um, cancelled uh, Hitler sitcom. <laughs> Hi, old honey, I'm home. I think it deserves an award just for that. Uh, just for That's that. a sun headline, isn't it? That's a, uh, yeah. Yeah. Freddie Star ate my hamster. Um, <laughs> go and look that up, everyone, especially for our listeners in Germany. We've got listeners in Germany and Asia, a lot in the US. Please go and look that up. And I'm sorry that I said that the US created that. It was obviously one of ours. It's obviously going to be us. Um, Don't deflect that one. Yeah. Back to Rob Reiner, Princess Bride, um, Misery, Few Good Men. Um, American president when Harry met Sally, it's a pretty good roster, really, isn't it? They've done quite a good lot then. But misery, we glossed over. I mean, I know we talked about a few good men the other week, but misery is an absolute belting film. Uh, maybe not top ten territory, but that's yeah. You know, I'd sit down and watch I've that film at any time. I've not seen that one. Oh, well, I, I know what happened. One, you have to see that. Yeah, I think, yeah. you'd, I think you'd really enjoy it. it. It's um suspenseful, tour. You know, it does contain violence, but it's not a violent. No film, but so when it when it does when it does become violent, it really hits home even more. It's just exceptional again, in a, based on a Stephen King novel, like a lot of things we've talked about recently as well. Mm-hmm. Well, well worth it. Mm. Doesn't she hammer his ankles or something? Yeah, ho- that's, that's one of the most famous scenes. Hobbling, it's called. Yeah, well, apparently from. Slavery. Yeah, I know. I have to look away when I watch it, but yeah, yeah. So for Rob Reiner, he was also. Are you going to say this? Who he was married to? No, no. Go, go for it. He was married to Penny Marshall. Do you know who she is? Oh, uh, and she was a director. She directed yeah. a, a League of Their a League of Their Own and Big, uh, right? And and she actually was uh, on Happy Days. She was Laverne 
Did you ever hear of Laverne and Shirley? Laverne and Shirley. Yes. Yeah. We're going to make it. So, yeah, she was uh, Laverne. Okay. And, and Rob Reiner was married to her for, for a pretty long time, actually. Wow. <laughs> How funny. Okay. I'm sure we'll come back to you know, the genius because obviously he stars in this film as well. Um, let's go over to David St. Hubbins, uh, Michael McKean. Um, Which one was that one in the movie? Uh, okay, we'll make it easy for you. Long blonde hair, the lead singer. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, okay. Um, thoughts, everyone? I mean, before I go into like what he was in, what what was, what was everyone else got? Well, well the, each one of these that we're going to discuss, so the, the director and the three main leads have mm. been in something not just that I like, that I absolutely love, that was really important to me growing up. We've already done Stand By Me. This one's much more obscure, but um, he was uh, in a film called Clue, which is was general, mm. a test, the American version of Cluedo. Um, yeah. and, uh, and that is such an underrated gem. If anybody Tim, asks me... Tim Curry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're all nodding, so you see. But normally, when I mention it, people look blankly, and um, it's it's so funny. Uh, I remember watching it for the first time. I don't often remember. You know, people ask you where you saw a film for the first time. Ninety nine percent of the time, I can't remember. But I watched Clue late at night in my bedroom when I was supposed to be sleeping, and I just remember <laughs> laughing my head off, laughing out loud all the way through it. And uh, I've, I've since watched it with my children, who also love it. So yeah, the fact he was in Clue, um, yeah, he's always got a special place in my heart because of that. And it had four different endings. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, like, when you saw it in the theaters in the United States, you everybody got a different ending depending on which theater they were in. Really? Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's yeah. that's pretty if cool. You, if you watch on TV, they show you all the different endings, don't they? But yeah, if you're in the cinema, you only got one, and it was that. Mm. that oh, right, okay, I didn't know that. Oh, but yeah, that's well, that's an absolute underrated classic of a, of a film. I think they should do something like that again to encourage people to go to the cinema. Then, well, we should do it. Rust, rusted. Junk, you know, that's sort of, if you're talking about obscure 80s films, um, maybe not really, really obscure, but pretty obscure, I think. And uh, and obviously, I've now shown my hands, so I'll let you. Well, I need to, next, me, but, uh, next week, I, we haven't got, I mean, I know we had some ideas about films of the 80s and stuff. We need to actually record some stuff next week because uh, we'll be in hot, sunny climbs for two weeks after that. So um, we need to put a thinky caps on and I need to like get something in place, whatever that is. But I will. Well, Seeing as I've hogged the, uh, the, the <laughs> hogged the mic already with um, with Michael McKean, he was also in Better Call Saul, um, which is you know, See, much, I don't watch that. much more recent. But ah, you're missing out. I think. Did you watch Breaking Bad? I didn't I did. like it. Didn't like it. Didn't like, well, okay. Yeah, well, I did. I was disappointed at the end. If, if, what Breaking Bad? Yeah. Oh, okay. I felt Fair a bit enough. deflated with the ending, and then yeah. I watched the the spin off movie, and that was hit and miss and then... i haven't seen the, i haven't seen the movie but the um i thought i personally i really enjoyed breaking bad but i thought that's called saw was you know, different yeah i've started watching that i'm probably halfway through it but really, really good yeah see more recently he's in a show that we've been watching do you know breeders the one about the the couple with the two kids um yeah the, yeah he was in season two of that he played he played his dad did he sorry he played the woman's dad yeah yeah See, this is what this is watching TV, man. It's like, oh, really? The guy that I've just watched in this was in the thing that I just watched like a few months ago. <laughs> All right. Anyway, he's the police officer in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles that pulls him over and says, "Is this car roadworthy?" <gasps> is um, he? He is. 
Uh, he's also the bad guy in the Brady Bunch movie. And I do like the Brady Bunch movie. I may be one of the f- very few people, but I really enjoyed it. I even enjoyed the sequel. He was also in Dream On. I loved that with Brian Benbin. That was a great series in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. Uh, Saturday Night Live. All of them have been together again in Best in Show, A Mighty Wind. Um, and probably for the younger audience that we've got, he's the guy that invented uh, Mocklet in Friends that talks to Monica and says he's coming up with all these things. So, yeah, he's the Mocklet guy. You, you maybe slightly skipped over that, but the they were in, you know, the, the four leads were in multiple films. Yeah, yeah. It was a real kind of ensemble cast wasn't it which um you know we saw a bit of last week when we did the army uh thing with jesse ventura and um action mm. jackson but this this lot take it to the next the next level of you know uh collaboration i think and and probably points that kind of improvisation that they do as well i guess if you can find a group who can act and work together in that style then that's why you know why they do it so much yeah absolutely which moves us on to um christopher i, got, I have i have one last oh. one though so he was mostly famous in the United States for Laverne and Shirley. Oh, was he, he in played, that? Okay. Yeah, he I played don't. Lenny, Lenny and Squiggy. Do you uh, do you oh, remember okay. Laverne and Shirley? I, I I remember watching it, but I don't remember too much. Perfect Strangers. Ask me any question, but Laverne and Shirley, no. No, but they were the standout comedians in that Lenny and Squiggy. They were a bunch of greasers that would always like break into Laverne and Shirley's apartment. Like they lived in the same apartment complex and they were really, really funny. Okay. Um, but that's what like anytime I would see him in best in show, or if I saw him in, in this movie, I just automatically thought of Lenny, you know, okay. that's how popular he was. Wow. All right. Um, well, moving on to Christopher guest, I don't have much for him apart from, he was also in Saturday night live and Michael McKean was, he was in Which the princess in the movie uh nigel tufnell turn it up to 11 this goes to 11 the guitar man yeah. don't touch this that guitar. left don't point at it yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. got it yeah um he was in the princess bride uh he played the um the the, the henchman to the uh to the prince um yeah the six fingers six fingers that's right uh and a few good men he was in a few good men as well as well as in Best in Show, Mighty Wind, For Your Consideration, all the other films that they're all did together. He was, he's also married to, you know, he's married to? No, you see, you've got all the, uh, this is... Joe, I, I do, because... Um, oh. I, I don't like to, Amanda, I know this happens probably too often for your liking this pod, reducing women to objects, but Jamie Lee Curtis, ever since I saw Trading Places at an impressionable age, has always had a very, very special place <laughs> in my heart. And so... Christopher Guest, to be honest, has, had, has done well in my eyes having such a successful career because, frankly, I don't know how he gets out of bed in the morning because if I was married to Jamie Lee Curtis, I don't think I would be able to. So, yeah, I was um, yeah, I was aware of that fact. I've now gone down seven notches in uh, Amanda's estimation. Oh, but all have, views on this podcast. There's that, no, no cancelling on this podcast, okay? That's why where, all views are. The one with Arnie, is that True Lies? Oh yeah. yeah, she was good in True Lies. That's great in True Lies. Yeah. Very fit in True Lies, but it was actually quite interesting because she did an um an article in a, a women's magazine, didn't she, about the truth and reality of aging, uh, and basically, you know, did a, a a then and now, um, and said, you know, this is how a body ages, and you know, mm. it's natural, and don't be ashamed of aging and stuff. So, 
uh, big up for Jamie Lee Curtis. Well, I would say, and, and for the Halloween films, of which um, we are going to get in October, Halloween ends, uh, which is just going to all it's going to do is finish off that particular trilogy until they start another one, because um, uh, Michael Myers can't die. Obviously, I think we've established that by now. Um, Harry Shearer. So, Dom, um, I know that you've got a list of voices that he. <laughs> I know that you will have made it. A list of the voices that he provides in The Simpsons. Yeah, what, what a legend, you know. If, yeah. um, Stand By Me and Jamie Lee Curtis played uh, prominent roles in my formative years, then The Simpsons absolutely did, as Charles will attest. Uh, yes, absolutely. Back in the day, boot, bootleg copies of The Simpsons that were produced <laughs> to record for me, and then I'd bring down to, to Nottingham. Um, yes, he did Mr. Burns, Waylon Smithers, Principal Skinner, Ned Flanders, Reverend Lovejoy, Kent Brockman. Uh, <laughs> they were his main ones. Um, yeah, what, what a... What a talented voice actor he is and oh, how much God. pleasure has he brought me over the years. Now, admittedly, The Simpsons went massively off the boil. You know, what? take your pick really post-season 13, I would say, perhaps, and I don't watch it anymore, but there's some, you know, he's contributed to some of the best comedy ever written, I think. Yeah, uh, and, yeah, absolutely. Um, some of the best lines. They all have. Lines. They all have. Yeah. And Spinal Tap is on The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a crossover. Yeah, they did a Spinal Tap episode where they all regrouped, didn't they, and uh, voiced themselves. <laughs> and I think uh, they were in their tour bus and uh, home would drive past them and push them off the cliff and they all died. <laughs> That's right. it's, it's an episode that heavily features Otto, who I think is the kind of target audience for Spinal Tap, really. You, yeah. you can see him in a Spinal Tap gig. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, he's also, uh, again, I, I hate to reduce it to this, but if I've mentioned Mocklet Guy, then he's also in Friends. Uh, tries to buy Ross's monkey um, and said, you know, I'll put him in a fight against her. I'll start him in a fight against a pig. And Anyway, um, he's also in the Truman Show and he plays Handsome Dan in Wayne's World too. Do you remember that? Yeah. They thought, yeah, they were going to meet Handsome Dan and they, they meet his assistant, think it's him, and then he's all got boils on his face and he's quite ugly. I, th- um, I, think, um, I think Harry, Sh- I know we're not reviewing the film properly yet, but when he appears on screen with his uh, hairy chest and his leathers and his mutton chops he just looks so funny he's, he's, he's like he, he's every time he just wanders onto screen or pod, tries to be intelligent and offer a thought he just looks so so ridiculous he's he's, he's brilliantly cast in this and movie. the pipe somebody must have some trivia where the pipe came from does anybody have that no no i know and, and i know the majority of the film was improvised but my goodness a pipe especially that pipe it's just Oh, it's just great. Um, anyway, we must move on with Roll Call. Um, Ed Begley Jr. Oh, he was also no. in Godzilla. Oh, God, yeah. We don't talk about that, Joe. We tried to forget about that, <laughs> even though Matthew Broderick was in it as well. It is dreadful. It is truly dreadful. Although not as bad, and I need to add this very quickly, not as bad as the worst film I've seen in the last five years. Jurassic Park, whatever it is, Dominion. Diminishing returns. I can't, I can't watch it. I Is that just, the latest one? Yeah. I can't watch it. Oh, it, it's a cash grab. It's the worst kind of cash grab. It's, it's just shoving people in for no coherent story. But anyway, there you go. Um, Ed Begley Jr. Uh, sent elsewhere and um, took the Steve Martin character in parenthood to see the series. Let's move on. <laughs> Bruno Kirby, the um, limousine driver. Well, he's had a he's had a nicer 
he, he's 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 kind of like met the stars, you know, yeah. with all the films that he's been in. Uh, so you've got When Harry Met Sally, uh, City Slickers, Jack Palance, Good Morning Vietnam, Robin Williams, Donnie Brasco, Al Pacino. You know, um, there was another one, but I didn't write it down where he was in with De Niro. Uh, Godfather Part Two. Oh, he's in, right. Okay. Yeah, I should have remembered that one. And um, yeah, actually, I saw it. It was weird on YouTube. They had him doing an interview. And he had met Elvis and he told uh, his Elvis story, like uh, how he'd met him. But I always liked him. I liked his voice. It kind of seemed like he was Joe Pesci before Joe Pesci was Joe Pesci. Yes. Yeah. I was just thinking <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, and he died, I'd say, fairly young. In 2006, he died. Yeah. 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 Um, let's move on on this one. Fran Drescher. Uh Bobby, uh, Bobby Fleckman, the, uh, uh, what she's, was she PR? She, was she the record exec or the PR? I, I keep forgetting. The uh, one that, I think the a one combination had, of both. Had the album launch party. Yeah. Um, oh, that voice. Yeah. She was in the nanny beautician and the beast. And she voiced in hotel Transylvania. Let's move on. Unless you've got anything else. Yeah. But let's talk about the other bit players. For those at home, I just put that in inverted commas. Bit players. Dana Carvey as the mime from Wayne's World. <laughs> Garth from Wayne's World playing the mime alongside Billy Crystal. Hmm. We have Paul Schaefer. He wasn't plays... in it for long, though, was he? He wasn't in it for long, About no. four seconds. Paul Schaefer, who was, um, uh, is it David Letterman's? Yeah. Uh, David Letterman's band leader uh, or musical you know, accompaniment. Um, Artie, Artie um, I keep I keep saying it's Furkin, but it's not. It's it's um, it's Fufkin, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, Angelica Houston, Fred Willard, and I'm just like crikey, you could do a podcast just on those. You could do a roll call just on those names. But yeah, Billy Crystal just popping up, and you're like, okay, all right. Why is he in fine. it though? Why not? Was well, this like was a, they weren't mate? famous at that point. No, you know they. It was very early in their careers, really. Do you think he was mates with one of them and said, ah, oh, can I just join in? I think that was a Saturday Night Live connection, wasn't it, uh, that would have people like Billy Crystal rocking up because um, they were collaborating. Yeah, with but they, I don't think they were on Saturday Night Live at that point. You know, Dana Carvey and Billy Crystal. It, it was very early in their careers. He was on Soap in the 70s, Billy Crystal. But oh, soap, um, soap is amazing. But they probably hung out in the same circles. So mm. they, I think they were just very well connected, weren't they? Particularly um, Rob Reiner and Christopher Guest seem to know a lot of people in those circles. Mm. Mm. Anyway, that's Roll uh, Call. Howard that's Hessman. Right. Howard, yes, all right. Head of the class, Howard Hessman. Yeah. Um, uh, I keep meaning to do to, to, to a spin off podcast about 80s TV shows, but I've got to watch them before I can actually sit and uh, discuss them. That would help. Um, although I'm, I'm working my way through Miami Vice, um, which is still brilliant. Anyway, back to the film. So, look, this. What? Let's just have an open discussion about an open discussion about the film and what we and points that we raise and things that we like, because otherwise it could turn into a with nail and I. We could just start quoting each other and start just doing one liners after another. I 
I think the genius, I think I said what, what I said at the start, the genius of this film is it's, it's purely when you know that most of it is improvised. If you're going to improvise things like that, you must have a real, you must have an innate talent in order to bring it out. And not only that, but the person that's next to you has to be able to react to what you just said. That, that I think takes some skill, which is why I, I think this is, you know, I think there's you and me, Joe, on, on nine out of 10, um, you know, and, and I think we, we all, well, we all, apart from Amanda recognize that that's, 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 that's a genius, but um, you know, you've got all the, fa- you've got all the famous lines, you've got, you know, uh, what's it called? Lick my love pump. You've got turn up to 11, all those sorts of things. But I think it's, it's a lot more than that when you put in, when you, when you look at the, 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 the tiny little throwaway comments, it's just, it's just fantastic. I, I, I missed, I missed the nuance of, of the, of the album label being black. I, I, I missed the whole beauty of the fact that their album cover was just a black mirror. Um, and I, I, I YouTubed it. It's the final thing I'll say, and I'll, I'll, I'll open it up to everyone else. I YouTubed the meeting Metallica um, backstage at Glastonbury. Um, and th- they're basically saying, yeah, you ripped off our album. Um, you know, you ripped off the concept for our album. And Metallica are just in awe. They're just, you know, they're, they're in the presence of Spinal Tap, and they're just laughing along with it all. And he said, do you know what? I think the album, I think the album was missing one thing. We should have just put Metallica on the front of it. And he said, and then it would have sold a lot more copies. So um, if we re-release it, are you okay with us doing that? And I'm just thinking, it's just it's great. So good. Anyway, there's my little opener. They actually had that in the United States where they were banning albums in like places like Walmart, like department stores. So I do that remember was, that well. This Tipper Gore, it was Al Gore's wife, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, it was a big deal at, at that point. So it definitely hit home like when I had first seen that because uh, I forget what albums they were banning, but you know, when they said like the original cover had some girl on a chain and she was sniffing a glove and all that, and that they had to change it. Um, I think it was more topical at that point, you know, when we first saw it. Now you it's should, like you should see what cover they wanted to do. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It's like now you, I mean, you can put whatever you want on a cover, you know, and they're fine with it. If we're talking about reviewing films, though, I think you touch on it there, Joe. So it was more topical then. Is is a comment you can make through, throughout this? You know, I don't want to. I, I didn't score this film a two. I didn't. I did enjoy it, but um, I just wonder how much you, your assessment and your enjoyment of it is a little bit through rose tinted specs. I guess that's at you and Charlie. Charlie, um, because you know it's an old film now, isn't it? Let's be honest. It's nearly forty years old as we move away from that era of rock. Does is it is it relevant? Sometimes when I sit down and watch these films ahead of these pods, I, I watch it with my daughter, like you know. Predator and Die Hard, and that's really fun. But I knew she wouldn't like this uh, this film. I, I knew hmm. she wouldn't get it, so I didn't, I didn't bother. Um, do you well, all think? these films that we review are old. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but but this, yeah, and that's sorry, and that helps me. Yeah, so I suppose what I meant is this one felt like it dated more. I think um, sometimes it's just the effects that have dated, but the plot and the character. This one I, I felt was a little bit more dated. You know, soft rock stadium tours of those sorts of bands in America. It's not really <clears throat> not really a thing anymore, is it? I think uh, what it was for me is I was in a band. I mean, not that I was like them, but, you know, it was just you kind of like a garage band. band. Yeah, yeah see, I, see, I knew this, and I was waiting for him to say it on the podcast. 
Tell us more. Tell us more. I used to play a guitar. You know, we're pretty decent. Um, But so, like, I appreciated a lot more, especially knowing about guitars and like all the drama that goes behind, like writing songs and, you know, the guitar player having a problem with the keyboard player and people cheating with other girlfriends in the band. Uh, You know, it, it, it is kind of funny. And I was a huge fan of the Beatles, too, back then. And it just really kind of was more of a mockumentary of them, I would say, um, especially with introducing his girlfriend was kind of like Yoko kind of getting in between the band members. And I always felt like Harry Shear's character was like Ringo, where he just was more laid back than the rest of them. He just wanted to be by himself. You know, he had the long mustache and you know, he was just happy and just stayed out of the drama. But yeah, I, I, I think it helped that I was really into music back then. Um, and I, I guess people, especially if you're looking at it now, it, it's probably a little more difficult because that music hardly exists anymore. It's more like rap and Taylor Swift and whoever else is like Beyonce, the, the flavor of the week. It's just one long mixtape at the moment, Joe, of, mm. of, of stuff. <laughs> Oh, aren't we all? No, no, well, no. Uh, yeah, no, well said about it, because that's what I used to think. But my, my eldest now is 14 and started to get me back into music. You know, like a lot of people, I listen, used to love music, listen to it, and I got into my 20s, sort of locked onto the same things, listened to them for the best part of a decade and a half. And now I'm starting to find new music via her, and I really enjoy that, actually. Um, I've even, this is how old I am. I've even got a playlist on Spotify called Good modern music. So that's, oh! that, that, that's how uncool I am. Oh, but yeah. mate. Right, fine. Okay. Share, share it with me. I, I mean, I, I love to do like good that. modern music. That must be, but that's today's music, right? Well, yeah. That, I think I'm going to have to rename it to something that makes me sound less of a, well, I won't use the word. We'll get an explicit rating less of a, that's a silly <laughs> billy. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> De- decent, today's decent tunes. You could just call it down with the kids, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like now you're talking. Yeah. So what, what sort of genre then, Dom, are you kind of exploring? Well, what channel called mixtape? So um I'll try what did I add tonight? In fact, let me um <clears throat> Yeah, please, please do. Bear with me. Uh I yeah, here we go. So it is um in real time, decent modern heat waves, glass animals, you know. I know everybody else discovered this a long time ago. Uh nope. Like the weekend, yeah, like the weekend. Meet me at our spot. The anxiety. Uh, I've even got Harry Styles on here. So there, if you want to kick me off the spot, not on my watch. Now, yeah, make me feel good. Uh, where are you now? One kiss. Ah, oh, that's um. Yeah. yeah, I like Julie. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, there Man- you go. Mandy Man- and, a- yeah. Man- and Amy went to see Julie a couple of months ago. Yeah, yeah she was amazing. Yeah, yeah, up in Manchester. <laughs> Fast forward 12 months, we'll be doing a, a, a Naughty's podcast, yeah, music. <laughs> Decent oh, we modern can, music. We, Decent we can go music, anywhere. Can we, we can go anywhere. I went, I went and saw Dua Lipa when she first came out. I was at the Birmingham NEC shaking my booty to her stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I can't attest. Yeah. I can't, can't, yeah. can't confirm that. But I'll First tell you album, I was there. So we've all done a little bit of an opener. Why did you not like this film? Why did you? What? what is it just nothing hit? I suppose on reflection, the comedy was funny, but maybe I just wasn't in the mood for it. I don't like soft rock anyway. Uh, <gasps> what? 
I don't really. Okay. It's not my I thing. Wouldn't, I wouldn't call that soft rock. No, no. I used to play Guitar Hero. I used to sit there and, and choose stuff yeah, on there. It's all right, only because I had to. Some stuff's all right. What? Uh, you just, but... You've just taken away a piece of my uh, happy chunk of my life. I'm but... sorry. Oh, it was amazing, babes. You were yeah, right, yeah. on fire on Guitar <laughs> I was, I was, Hero. By the way, I was extremely good at Guitar Hero, and I won a competition at uh, the no festival way. once. Yeah, because uh, I've, I've got the highest score on Freebird. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, I, yes. used to be song, I only know Freebird from Guitar Hero. <laughs> and the same with, oh, what? what's the, um, the women oh. band? The Go-Go's? No. They were just L- in L7? Black. No. Joan Jett and the Black Arts? No, not them. The Bangles? No. Oh, God, right, okay. <laughs> Lana <laughs> Rama? We could go on all that. <laughs> yeah, we could, yeah. No, they were in the 70s. Oh, so it's not, oh, the, Ren- uh, it's not the Reynolds girls. <laughs> it wasn't um, Supremes. No, they were rock. Guitaring. Oh, Heart? Heart, that's it, yes. Right. Yes, so Heart. What did they do on Guitar Hero? Oh, uh... We had, a, we had a lo- Barracuda. Barracuda. Yeah, there yeah. you go. I know that from Guitar Hero. Oh, such a good song. The, you know, exposure to different things, you know, it's fine. Yeah, and clearly, until she corrected herself, she hated every moment of it. But anyway, <laughs> there we go. Fine. I'm going to dust it off. I'm going to dust it off. I'm going to put it back on the Xbox. And we're going to do it all over again, just for you. Oh, thank you. It's fine. I think I downloaded some uh, some new hits on it last time I fired it up, which is about new two hits. years ago. Ooh, yes. ooh. Wow. Bought the Kiss pack. So ooh. there's loads of Kiss in there. Okay. Again, anyway, not, we're, getting, we're, getting, we're getting slightly off the... Okay, so why didn't I like yes. it? I yeah. guess I felt it was trying too hard. Oof. Really? Sorry. Ouch. Ouch. Okay. I just didn't engage do you not think any of the leads were did you not like the 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 introduction of janine is like the yoko owner of the band eventually no not really no no okay just didn't float my boat sorry that's all right i I think a a lot of problems with these movies that are reviewed is that if you didn't see them back in the day and you see them now it's a lot different Uh, i've seen it before you did you see it when it first came out Mm, oh, no, she, was, she was eight. No, oh, she was eight. No, she was ten. She was ten. I saw it right uh, Christmas. Caravan Park. I don't know. I'm going to go for we, a long shot. We'd moved up to the house that Dad built, and so we moved up there in '82. So uh, I was eight. So when was the film? '84. '84. How long did it take back in those days for a film to appear on the telly? It was about four years, wasn't it? About two, three years, yeah. Yeah, so eight, nine. Not what you would put on after the I queen. might have been about 12 or 13 then, and it was on one Christmas during the day. Um, did you, you didn't like it then? I didn't know what it was. I thought it was actually about a proper band. So I watched it and I thought... Their job here is done. They're a bit mental. <laughs> I think I what it is, and yeah, I just didn't. I watched it from start to finish, but I didn't really engage with it then. So I guess I gave it a second shot, and it still didn't do anything. Well, this is considered a cult classic, and I think what cult classics is that it's 
and not that it's a small amount of people that like it, but it's not as as big as like people that have seen like Star Wars or ET and that it's all beloved, but there's a specific group of people that love this movie or relate to this movie and they just think it's great. There are a ton of cult classic movies like it, but it is also, I guess, alienating for some people like yourself, you know, like if, uh, like I said, I, I was in a band, so I, I appreciate it a lot more, but mm. if, if you had no connection whatsoever to it, I can understand you not liking it. Mm. So th- I think so far we've been talking about the context of film and, you know, I think different views, people who've lived and breathed it and appreciate it on that level, people it leaves them cold. And for me, it feels a bit distant from, from being relevant anymore, but whatever your view is on that, I think, well, Amanda, perhaps you would disagree, but there are some absolutely classic lines in here in, in scenes, which I think are rightly remembered. One of my personal favorites, which is slightly more obscure jokes is the, is the, the death of the drummers, which is, you know, running joke all the way through the film. And it's, it's funny, but that was my first laugh out loud moment was when they were talking about what happened to the first one. And, uh, he was killed in a bizarre gardening accident, which is obviously amusing enough. But then there was the line, authority, the authority said it's one of those where it's best not to solve it. Not to solve, yeah. And the mind, the mind just boggles. And then it's closely followed up with the second one who choked on vomit. <laughs> it's, 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 someone else's vomit. Someone else. Uh, you can't dust for vomit. And, and uh, just the, <laughs> the kind of absurdity and the surreal uh, humour there really, really appealed to me. But that that line just had me in stitches the first time <laughs> Authority said <laughs> best not to solve it. Yeah. Fantastic. And you've got all the other things, which is, you know, from a trivia point of view, when they talk about, you know, apparently they got the inspiration for, was it Van Halen that wanted their M&Ms separated? Yeah. That was their back. That was their. So when it comes to the bread, the tiny bread, the bread's oh, too. The sandwich. Yeah, exactly. The, the sandwich. The way that that's played is perfect because it's, it's genuine. There's no knowing in his world, this is a problem for him, the tiny bread. And it's just, well, you know, that you can, you know, that you can fold, you can fold the ham. It just breaks. Though. But it's, well, then it just doesn't work. And you're like, Oh, it's just, just little things. You're right. Uh, uh, leading up to a, to a, to, you know, I do like the I do like the addition of the Shrewsbury Town. Uh, I'd have to say, growing up in Shropshire, Shrewsbury Town um, football shirt, which apparently <laughs> wasn't picked for any reason. Because I went back home to Shropshire last Saturday, last weekend, and I was in the car with with the, the guys we used to go to see Shrewsbury Town with, and I went, "Do you know the reason for this? For this, we are aware that the Shrewsbury Town t-shirt, Shrewsbury Town football shirt in the film. We don't know why, and apparently, just like the color. Yeah, that's what I heard too. Yeah. I, I had heard recently that Kiss had a Spinal Tap moment where they were uh, touring and they were in Austra- uh, Austria. Okay. And I think that they had like their, their Kiss logo and their symbols and they were painted with the Australian flag, but they were performing in Austria. <laughs> but isn't it great that that enters the, enters the, the vernacular? It's like, that's a, it's a Spinal Tap moment. Yeah, it's just a moment. I mean, this. I mean, the the Stonehenge scene was recorded as a as a. Uh, I think we probably would all looked up the same trivia on this. Was, re- was recorded way before the film because it's recorded as a as a pilot as a as an idea of what what, what do you think about this? So that whole segment works works on its own. 
but the bit just before of trying to find the way, you were actually making a cup of tea, Amanda. You got up at this point and wasn't seeing it. But they were when they're trying to make their way to the to the stage. Again, that's oh, just they, they keep ending up back at the same guy. Going, how do we? How? Yeah, you just go up there. You turn right. When you turn right, you go. And it's just again. It's just yeah. That was in the trailer. Well, everything was in the trailer. <laughs> Yeah, that's <laughs> the majority of it. Yeah. Having said that, I may go back. And, oh, I don't think I can now. I don't think I can go back and change the trailer to a shorter one because then much of the things that we talk about in this were, well, when we refer to the trailer, long trailer. Will, so it'll jog people's memories if they've not seen the film for a while. Right. Absolutely. You've got these, you've got the Stonehenge scene and you've got the turn up to 11 scene, which maybe we'll get onto. And, and they are, they are classics, but there's just lots of other funny moments interwoven as well. The, <clears throat> excuse me, the taxi driver that we talked about earlier. I thought that section was great when he tries to engage him in conversation about Sinatra and he's going on and they just <laughs> put the window up and he spins on a dive and suddenly it's these thing limeys. Limeys, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a fad, it's a fad. And he just goes off on this rant. I thought that was uh, very well done. Um, and then the when they're at the Air Force, much later in the film, when they're at the Air Force base, and there's obviously been a hideous... Um, issue with the booking completely inappropriate for the audience and uh and they've got the confusion over the 24 hour clock it's 1930 you're on stage at 200 hours so we've got about 50 hours <laughs> it's uh yeah just uh yeah very very amusing and is laughing see she's I'm gonna say she's chuckling <laughs> at all these things and yet she says i'm struggling i was gonna give it a one I'm Go chuckling on. because you you lot find it funny and that amuses <laughs> oh, okay. me. All right, okay. Okay, and I I'm in, enjoying you. Can you not add another point on for our enjoying for our it. enjoyment? No. All right, okay, two and a half. I gave it two. Great. <laughs> makes it sound like I want you to be thankful. Yeah, thank you, thank you for that. I do appreciate it. Um, do we like the uh, addition of Janine? I think she was a good character. They were all natural. That's the whole thing yeah. that yeah, I appreciated yeah. about this movie is that they really, it could have been a real documentary. Yeah. I, d- yeah. I, did, yeah. I did read that her edition. Sorry if this is nicking someone's trivia. No, no, no. They're, they're, I think we're going to mix, blending it in yeah. anyway. So, yeah. That was it. The, the studio wanted her character putting in to give it some semblance of plot. So it wasn't just kind of a, a random series of events, you know. Uh, and so she was, she was brought in to kind of drive the, the plot forward a little bit, which... You know, in, in it, unusual for for a studio, I thought it was probably a good idea and did did help the film. Hmm. And it is good to have a you know a, a, an actress in it as well, so it's not all just men. I thought she I thought she carried it off well. I thought she held her own against the um the other actors and, and improvised well. I like when she was drawing uh, the characters that like she wanted to make them like kiss. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a, a factoid. If we're mixing up facts, yeah, we're mixing it up. We're mixing it up a bit. I was intrigued by the navy cap, okay, that Marty was wearing. The navy ship insignia was USS Oral Sea. And I'm like, they can't have named a ship Oral Sea. So I Googled it, and apparently um, he wanted to wear the hat that, that read USS Coral Sea. He was told he'd have to get permission from the navy to wow. wear it in okay. the film. So to avoid it, the producer, Karen Murphy, altered the lettering so the blue cat read USS Oral Sea OV-48. <laughs> is Oral Sea a note or something? I mean, is that some sort of musical reference? 
No, she just right. amended it. So, so it being coral, it, the C was then connected up to be another O. I think that's like kind of like a dental term in a way too. Oral C, right? There might have been a toothpaste back then. Oh, we only got, we didn't go as far as that. We only got oral B. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I had to, somebody had to make it. I that might was as well be made. Yeah. Thank you. Um, what are the other, uh, they said that um, IMDb um, is the only film that it's got eight out, eight out of 11. So it, <laughs> It's the only film on IMDb that's got a score out of 11, which I just think is great. But the Rotten Tomatoes score was 92% for the critics, 95% for the fans. So, Mm. yeah, me and Joe, we're in good company, my friend. But the IMDb score, I think, was 7.9 or something, wasn't it? it? It's rad it up to eight. (laughs) Why not? Um, I know that um, Time Out basically said uh, in 2011, Time Out London named uh, this Spinal Tap the best comedy of all time, noting that it's sublimely funny and sharp, a comedy built for the long haul, which matures with each viewing. Uh, I feel that's true. Maybe I need to watch it more then. I'm, oh, I, don't I think would you disagree. Could, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't think you could do that again. I mean, regular listeners to, to the podcast, and we all know, but for those that are just joined and just joining for Spinal Tap, um, Amanda and I don't talk after we watch the film, so we don't know. We don't. Oh, know we what don't the talk about are. the movie. We, do we don't talk, talk about the movie, but there are times when the huffing and the puffing and the moving in the seat and the urge to look at our phone uh, sometimes just tells me everything I need to know. So, uh, uh, genuinely, that if hasn't I had, happened that often. If I had to, if I had to say what Amanda's score would have been, I would have said it's four. Oh, so I wasn't that far point, off. Then. I wasn't that far off. I, I think I've seen this like about 20 times and you. yeah. And, and I enjoyed it. Like there's never a point when I'm watching it where I'm like, I'm going to fast forward through this scene. Yeah. It's I want to watch it from beginning to end and I enjoy it thoroughly throughout. Oh, that's really cool though. Well, well mm-hmm. so if I was going to fast forward through any of the film, I think it'd be the songs. What, what do people think about the actual <gasps> the songs are great. <laughs> For, for me, that was the you know the least interesting part of the film. So I'm going to rock here, big bottom, all that. Yeah, I was so tempted to buy the album, you know, like for, for so long. And I'm like, should I buy this? Is there actually an album? There's, oh, a, there's, yeah. there's three, possibly four. I think there might be four. There's um, "Break Like the Wind," um, was the last one. I think that was 2008. So yeah, they did make they did make I, albums after oh, that. I give them a lot of credit though, because again, there were a lot of people that really did like this movie, and a lot of Hollywood did too. They never did a sequel, like a, a real sequel, and most people would have done a sequel. And I, I think that's what helped makes it a cult classic too. I, part of me would have loved to seen them back together and seen what happened to them after this movie. But I, I think sometimes it's best to leave things alone. Mm. Well, Joe, I'm going to upset you. If you go to IMDb and you click on it in pre-production, is this is Spinal Tap Two? I don't know. I, I think no, that's I been never pre- know. I never know if that's just appeared. Yeah, I think that's been there, for, been there for a long time, and I, I don't think it's really true. 
They could still, they could, but why would you? Mind you, they made Jaws too, so you know. I just, yeah, I just think if the, if the Rolling Stones can tour at eighty years old, then <laughs> may, maybe there is maybe there is scope for some further parody and uh, satire there. Um, I might be interested in revisiting them. You know, okay. old men personally. Oh, you're not allowed to. Not with your score. You're not allowed into. It. It's just me and Joe going. <laughs> it wasn't a bad score. It's not like <laughs> it was that, a two. Without no, labouring the point, my, my score <laughs> suffered because it, you know I felt it wasn't as relevant. Obviously, if they were to update it and to do a Spinal Tap oh, two, okay. Yeah, I'm yeah, voting, that makes yeah, sense. I know. This is this is the point where Joe loses confidence in me, but yeah, I'm voting yes for Spinal Tap Two. Tom, you can have my two. Wow. There you go. That brings, yeah, up. That brings it up to an eight and a half. Yeah, well, I'm liking the I'm liking the averages. It's definitely. <laughs> um, in 2002, uh, it was selected for preservation by the National Film Registry because it's a film that's considered culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant by the Library of Congress. Yeah, check that out. Um, uh, what, what's everyone else got? Because I, I mean, I do like the um, Ozzy Osbourne was among the audience. It says it was among the audience members who assumed the band was real. When he learnt the truth, he admitted he should have known better because he said that seems quite tame compared to what we, we got up to, which <laughs> is what it would be. Yeah, yeah. Rob Reiner was almost one of the members of the band. Okay, and uh, Harry Shearer said he didn't look good in spandex. So he ended up directing the movie. <laughs> so who would have directed it if he what did look good in spandex? You know, I I don't know. This I, is where I, you're going to be like really like oh Francis Ford Coppola <laughs> directing. Well, I think that that wasn't that was what's his name is like a mockery of because it's Ma- Marty Deberg. So Marty is Martin Scorsese, Scorsese. and then D is. Uh, 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 who is it? Oh, I can't think of it. But you know, like all the famous directors back then, right. Coppola, De Palma. Right. De Palma. There yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Steel Spielberg, Berg. Okay. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. That that works. Um. Yeah. Um. What's anyone else got? Seeing as we've now morphed it into into trivia. I'm I'm gonna get my yeah, I was um I was jet lagged and uh flying home this weekend, so I'm I'm not, not got my usual pages of notes, I'm afraid. <laughs> well, this I noticed uh for like the first time, because like, I have a pretty big TV now. When they're playing that song Big Bottom, they're all playing bass. <laughs> yeah, because it's like uh I'm like, well, I knew like Harry Shearer played the bass player. Yeah. So, you know, you could tell when someone's playing bass, it's got four, four knobs, four strings, you know. But then I noticed that, uh, you know, Christopher Guest and Michael McKean, they also had basses because I was like, is that four strings? That should be six strings. I'm like, holy crap, they're all playing bass, <laughs> you know. <laughs> See, something only a musician would know, would realize. Um, I do have two others. Uh, they had a hundred, they had a hundred hours of footage to choose from. Uh, they said Ryan had managed to edit the film's original theatrical release down to 82 minutes, but fans of the film have actively sought out the unedited footage. In 1998, and I do remember this, the Criteria Collection released its only single-layer, double-sided disc that included more than an hour of additional footage. It's now out of print, but if you want to buy it, it's currently on Amazon for $250. Um, 
but the Holy Grail of alternate editions is a four and a half hour bootleg edition. Mm. And apparently I'm looking at the link now and bootleg edition is in, is in inverted commas. So hmm, I might have to go and have a look for that. You're not buying that. No, 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 no. I might go and have to have a look to see if I can find it <laughs> on, online. Um, they mentioned in the movie, um, the Isle of, well, you, you know, like a lot of bands have played at the Isle of Wight in England. Oh, the Isle of Wight. Well, oh, it's white. Um, yeah, like I know the Who and I think yeah. you two might have played there. So they mentioned that they played at the Isle of Lucy, which is <laughs> basically a, a take on I Love Lucy. Uh, very good. Very good. They did play the pyramid stage. They I've forgotten who they warmed up for now. I've forgotten who they, they were before, but they, they it wasn't like the first act. It wasn't like try and get them out of the way. Uh when did they play? I think it was tw- I think it was around the time that they were touring, which was 2009. So they did a they did a tour. Um I've got to make an admission. I had tickets to see them and I never went. Um because Oh man, I can't believe that. I know. We don't talk about that, but it was, it was at Wembley. It was at Wembley Arena, not the stadium, but it's Wembley Arena, and I never went. And I and to, and I I always I I regret. I don't have many regrets, but that's definitely one of them. Anyway, I, I remember they were touring over here. You know, it was a joke. Uh, they were on David Letterman, and I guess there was it was the connection with uh, Paul Schaefer. Paul Schaefer, yeah. And like they were being interviewed as the band and they were talking about how they were coming out of retirement and they were touring, but it was all like a little spoof and all that. But I, I specifically remember seeing that interview and then being on David Letterman and then playing a couple of songs, but I just, I had no interest in seeing them at the time. Um, but it would have been cool to see them if they were yeah. closer. I think I would have seen them. Yeah. Well, I'll kick myself, but there we go. So did you work out, did you actually work out the average, Joe? Do we have an average? Not that we introduce an averages into, into this, because we, 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 we will have just me and Amanda block the time and everybody coming in and out for season six. Well, I don't know. I, I, Amanda's Let's just say brings seven. it down pretty. What? Six, six and a half. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I didn't add it up, but uh, right. yeah, it's, it's, you know, probably about a seven, I would say. Okay. Average is 6.625. Recurring. Okay. We'll round it up. Spinal Tap played Glastonbury 2009. Right. So you had time they were touring then, yeah. And Jarvis Cocker and Jamie Cullum joined them on stage to play. <laughs> Jarvis Cullum. Jamie Cullum. Good yeah. Lord. That king, king of the mediocre. Oh, I'm sure he just, I don't know, was he played one of the dwarfs when they recreated Stonehenge? They had, they had two dwarves on as well. But I'm sure, I I, I, I think I've got it somewhere. Uh, I will have it's to look at my, my archives. Is there, is there a film of it on YouTube? Is that they've got a lot of lot of it on YouTube. Yeah, okay, then, then, five, then that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have a quick look at that when I come down. I know you're um, going to have to. All right, okay, I'll look at it tomorrow. Anyway, they said right. that uh, Oasis uh, had seen Spinal Tap live, and uh, the three stars opened up, up, up for them as uh, themselves as as the characters from uh, A Mighty Wind, the Falsman. <laughs> the Falsman. 
Yeah. And uh, so Liam uh, was bored and he said he didn't like the folk music. And then uh, Noel explained to him, he says, those are the same guys. (laughs) The spinal tap. They're kind of goofing on us. They did that at some concerts, didn't they? They opened up with that and people were like, what the hell's this? And booing them and everything. And not get these. This is them. (laughs) This is... (laughs) But uh, oh, that's good. Right. Anyway, look, that brings the end to the lucky dip. Um, the next time we, we will record some stuff next week for your musical and, you know, musical for your listening pleasure while we're, while we're taking a bit of a gap. Um, I don't know what yet. I guess we'll decide when, when we click stop on the, on this and we end up having a conversation about it, but season six will, will be recording when we get back off off holiday. We are going to open up with, and there's people at home won't be able to see, but I will tell you what it is, but the people there will be opening up with 3D version of Jaws 3 uh, for a sequel. Uh, that'll be the opener. And who knows where we go from there. We can pretty much do anything. So before I ask everybody if they've got thoughts of one, one film that they've got that they absolutely would lo- love to do with a bit of thinking time, um, I'd like to open it up to our lovely listeners it's season six. It's sequels. Tell us what you would like. Get in contact on YouTube. We have an email address, do, do we not, Amanda? Which we is do. rustedjpod at gmail.com. Wonderful. For however you would like to get in touch with us, if there's something that's really special and you'd like, like us to cover it, then fire away because I think season six will be with us for a while because we'll be we'll just keep coming up with some really good ideas. Not not just the ones that that are you know that that I've got in my head that that may clash, but all three of you, I'm going to ask the same question: a sequel film that you that you'd like to cover? Excuse me. I'll be honest, you. I was just thinking uh, since it's the '80s and it's a sequel, and I'm a big comic book guy. I would go with Superman three. Oof. Okay. Because, you know, it, it gets a lot of heat, but Christopher Reeve is really good in that. It's really uh, good. Yeah. Is yeah, that yeah. the one where the baddies are trapped in that kind of pane of glass? Is that that one? <laughs> That's one uh, and two, but not three. Oh. Yeah. Richard Pryor is yeah, Richard kind, Pryor, of the, yeah. kind of the villain in it. Robert Ford is the main villain with uh, Acid Kill Superman, and he couldn't do that one simple thing. Yeah, yeah, good. Nice one. Dom? Still got um, his thinking cap on. I am. I'm just Googling when Googling. the films come out. I, 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 know what, I know what Dom's doing. He's Googling British films because he's, he's dying to insert. He, he thinks we need to do more British films. No, he's Googling 80s sequels. <laughs> All right. I'm just checking whether the film I'm about to embarrass himself by announcing was 80s or 90s because I sometimes do get... Uh, Mixed up. I, I I need to go away and think about it properly. We're you know here to help. It, We're here you, to help. You know, you know how long it took me to come up with um with my lucky dip, Charlie. We must have had four or five back and forth <laughs> whilst you, uh, although confusingly called lucky dip, um, there was certain boundaries which for which I was forced to. <laughs> I operate. know. Well, certain oh, red okay. lines and vetoes which were issued. As did Joe. He couldn't have Top Gun, but in retrospect, we probably should have done Top Gun. But okay. But I'm glad oh. we did Full Metal Jacket. Look, you get. I think you get the film that we all universally like the most. I think Predator wins. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, look, I, I, at the moment, 
I can't offer anything more adventurous or, or insightful than, than Indiana Jones because I've got a feeling. Mm. I remember Temple of Doom being better than Lost Ark and uh, I've come out and said it, so I'd like to maybe put that to the test, but I'm sure I can do better with a bit longer to think about the question. Is that uh, the one where they eat the monkey brains? Yeah. yeah. Killed mm. monkey brains. You know, I, I'll say, Don, back when I had seen it, I felt the same way because it was much more adventure than Raiders of the Lost Ark. But, you know, as you get older and you view them again, it's like, mm, yeah. I was a kid back then. You know, Is that the one, Dom, is this the one with the rolling ball? That's the first one. Oh, that, yeah, that's, oh, that's the original. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love your, uh, your references to it. So there's a big ball and he drops his hat. Is that the is that the third one or is that the first? So you should do like a quiz show, <laughs> yeah. you know, like which one's with the Amanda. one with the snake pit? <laughs> All of them. Um, uh, weirdly, is there's there's one in there's a snake pit in three in uh, the Last Crusade because River Phoenix falls into it. Does that count? That counts the snake pit. You've got the snake pit in one. I'm not sure there is in in Temple of Doom. We don't talk about the Crystal Skull. Oh, God, no, that's a terrible movie. This is a movie that has a ghost with hot dogs in its mouth. Amanda. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey? That's how you would okay. do a quiz like that. You yeah, know? yeah, go on then. Go on, answer, answer that one. What's what? It's a movie that's got a ghost with hot dogs in its mouth. Oh, uh, just before the radio kicks in with a yeah. uh, with a public service uh, announcement, we've not gone off air. I repeat. There you go. There you go. <laughs> oh, the ghost. That was pretty easy. Oh, That's this not a sequel. This, this could wait a minute. This could become the next little. Does she know? Yeah. This is great. Hey, another, another sequel we could think about <laughs> would be um, Lethal Weapon Two. I was going to say weapon. that. Yeah, yeah. See, I thought that was. I thought that might have been oh. your choice. But you've referenced Lethal Weapon 2 a few times as well, haven't you? Sorry. What else can we do? Uh, on the similar vein, we'll have to do... Beverly Hills Cop 2. Yeah. 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 They're the two, they were the two on my list. See, already we've got six films. <laughs> I mean, there's only ever in a season we put in about 12 or 13. We're just going to keep running with this one. So please send your suggestions in. You've heard what, what you know we're all going to do. Um, I feel out of that that Jaws... Jaws 3 still, well, it's going to be, it is what it is. Jaws 3. It is, yep. Did you see Jaws 3, Amanda? No. Oh, I saw Jaws 3, right, okay. Did you you see Jaws 2? Probably not. Wait, why don't you let her watch Jaws 2? You've seen Jaws though, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Plenty of times now. See see it in order, although I guess you don't have to, but. Okay, we we do Jaws 2 the week before we do Jaws 3. How about that? Thanks for that, Joe. And, You're welcome. And, and, and Joe, I would I wouldn't put her through watching Jaws of Revenge. I wouldn't do that no. to my worst thing. Jaws two was, was was pretty good. Though. Jaws two I, I was all right. It's okay. Yeah. Which yeah. is the one that paid for Michael Caine's new house? That's that was Jaws Jaws. Well, Jaws four or Jaws the Revenge. Four. Yeah. Okay. My yeah. internet's gone slow. Okay. Well, we can still hear you. We can all still right, sort of see you, even though you look like a late nineties webcam. That's fine. It's okay. Cheers. We're all, right. We're all right. Love you too. You're next to the router. <laughs> you're uh, you're down there. But anyway, right. That brings to the end, Lucky Dip. We will produce some content. We don't know what it's going to be, but I think we're going to sit down now and just have a brief conversation uh, about it and then come up with something. So the next time you hear from us, it's whatever we've just talked about and decided. 
So we look forward to it and we'll see you then. See you later, everyone. All right, sign off. Toodle pip. Bye. Bye.